It's the final episode of Ben Lee in quarantine. And he's out. Ben left hotel quarantine in Haymarket on Friday. And 24 hours later, we got on the phone for one last time. But sadly, it's all happened in the midst of a new cluster of COVID-19 cases on Sydney's northern beaches. The first cases of community transmission in months and for sure, cause for concern. If you're listening to this in real time, please wear a mask. If you're out in public, you're going to stop people from getting sick. I also wanted to say a big thanks to all of you who listen to this pod. We've been so lucky to reach a community of thousands of listeners. And if you want to get in touch, Ben is at Ben Lee Music. I'm at Max Quinn, and we'd love to hear from you. If you want to, we'd also love you to tell someone about it. So, without much need for anything further, it's the final episode of Ben Lee in Quarantine. Hello, Ben. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's a pretty weird day, but I'm pretty good. How about you? How are you doing? Um, good. I mean, we uh, so we got out and we are in an Airbnb in Bondi mm-hmm. and jumped in the ocean and all that. And um, but it's been a provocative, uh, you know, emotional day in the sense of both the uh, cluster going on on the northern beaches, but also yeah. and obviously the feelings that brings up for all of us. Um, Mm. just on a lot of levels, it's very emotional. Like, obviously it's just, it's sort of sad in that it's always frustrating when, I mean, spikes are to be expected in the sense when you're dealing with an infectious disease, but we have absolutely no experience of trust in authority. Yeah. Having lived in America for this year. Um, so at an emotional level, when you see 20, 30 cases of COVID, you're already extrapolating to tomorrow's 100, then 500, then 1,000, then 10,000. They're like, yeah, it's just whereas most of my friends and people I'm talking to in Sydney are like, oh, yeah, it'll take them a minute to get it under control. But, you know, it's, but we have no emotional memory of that experience. So it's very, I understand you. Yeah, it's very, I don't know, how, how do you find it? So a little bit fatiguing. Yeah. But, I was, for example, I was texting my mom this morning who is prone to worry. Yeah. And she was like, are you watching the press conference? Get it on. And when I found out that it was 23 cases in the past 24 hours, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, not the worst. We've seen this spiral out of control somewhere else, but I don't necessarily have the emotional memory of it, of being aware of it and then it getting much, much worse before it gets better. Yeah but I also have the emotional memory of it getting better. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's how I feel too. Like I think on the other side of this spike, when I have my own experience of being in Australia during a spike and seeing how it's handled, Mm. it'll be different than watching it from a distance. Um, For sure, zero cases is my favourite. I really like that number. Um, And I'm looking forward to it getting back there. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's... Look, I've, we've been saying the whole time how saying that 2020 was traumatic, particularly in America, is not hyperbole. Like, it was truly like, you know, in a lot of ways, it was also like living through a civil war. Um, so there's been, there's a lot of levels to the, yeah, just the experience of um, of fear that's in, totally. in our nervous system, you know? 
And so part of it is, I want to give for our listeners some geographical context yeah. because I think that's important. Yeah. What's happened is that in the past couple of days, there have been 39 cases at this time of coronavirus discovered a new strain in Sydney's northern beaches. And look, shout out to you if you are one of the 30% of our listeners who are listening in from the United States or the assorted like ones and 2% from Bulgaria or Russia or Argentina. Hello. <laughs> the cluster of this pandemic is an hour from the center of Sydney. Sydney is one of those big sprawling like Los Angeles kind of places where you could travel for more than an hour and technically still be in Sydney. So the place where the big cluster is, I would from my house, pretty close to the center of Sydney, have to travel an hour yeah. at the very least to get to where the virus is contained. So on the one hand, it feels still a little bit distant, but I also, for example, went down the shops today to get some stuff for dinner and there were maybe 80, 90% of people who were masked up yeah. in the shops. Whereas last weekend we were talking about it, people grabbing fistfuls of free samples from the butchers in a shopping center where no one was masked up. I know, and that's and, and that's the thing. And it's been interesting because we were, you know, in quarantine for two weeks with zero cases going on. And it's it's also slightly angered me in the sense that you know, certain people are like writing on like my Instagram or whatever, just like, oh, get ready. Sydney's going to go back into lockdown. I was just like, you fundamentally, it's almost like there was a schadenfreude in like, um, as if we were coming to Australia as the promised land because <laughs> there were no cases. Whereas the reality is it's not coming to avoid lockdown. It's coming towards responsible lockdown. Like yeah. there are going to be periods where you, things have to be locked down in the world during uh, COVID. But to even, th there's no scenario where Australia would be allowed to spiral out of control. When you look at Trump's administration, it's now come out, their major strategy was to allow people to get infected mm. and build herd immunity. That is, I mean, it, it, that's never going to happen here. No. So, so I still feel, you know, if there's a lockdown, there's a lockdown. I, I'm not, I'm not on the run from that. I am moving towards wanting to live with somewhere where there's more responsible government, right? Um, and that I do feel, I actually do feel very um, safe in that sense. You know? Well, if you look at it, the response that the state government has taken, and the response that of all of the state governments have been different to the outbreak in New South Wales. But basically, they've said, if you live on Sydney's northern beaches, again, an hour away from where I am, but, you know, there's plenty of people who live in Sydney who do live there. They've basically said, you stay there up until Wednesday. We're recording on Saturday. So they've got four days to basically try and isolate the thing, get it under control, and the time limit that they're imposing is basically Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's 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 so interesting. The, I mean, the the grand experiment of 2020 continues mm. on our mm. on our psyche. But yeah, look, so there's that going on. On the flip side, there's watching my daughter hug her grandma yeah. in Sydney for the first time in over a year. Mm. Um, there's been just a beautiful experience walking down and jumping in the ocean and um, getting some hot chips and yep. ha having the guy at the fish and chip shop try and red pill me a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of other experiences too. Um, 
And just and also, you know, this has been an experience like you and I, what we've mm. been doing and knowing that, ah, so we're wrapping up this experiment too. And that's Ioni was asking me, she was like, how do you feel about that? I was like, well, it's been really good. I also feel like I'm sure we could manufacture things to talk about, but we've also covered a lot of territory. Definitely. It's not like I feel like, oh, we really missed an opportunity there to talk about one to particular turn thing. Over. Yeah, like we've, this has been a really good experience too. Me too. And like yeah. it's a um the kink in the tail of this podcast is the the sudden outbreak. And I'm sure the irony is not lost on you either. The other point that I wanted to make generally about the pandemic is population density in Australia is completely different, particularly to where you've been from. Like in Sydney, mm. it's 430 people I was reading per square kilometer compared to even in Melbourne, where the outbreak was more significant earlier in the year, that's up over 500, around 550 people. And then if you look at like West Hollywood or Silver Lake in LA, that's that's seven to seven and a half thousand wow. people wow. per square kilometer. So that is real. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. I mean, I obviously is. knew the population is so much bigger, but in terms of density, I didn't quite realize it. You think of that when you think of India or China. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't think of that in terms of America, yeah. Well, yeah, India and China end up being more and more up around 20,000. Wow. It's one of those things where there is inherent safety built in as long as you are acting responsibly and mm. you are trusting other people to act responsibly as well, you know. Mm. And as long as you're not like out there flaunting your masklessness, to mm. invent a word, <laughs> there's there's an amount of safety in simply being here, Ben, and I hope that that yeah, might yeah. provide you some some comfort. Thank you. That's true. Are you still gonna? When you gonna travel up and have this big family kind of thing? What what happens with that? Well, yeah. So Dan and I have our engagement party in Ballina on the twenty eighth. Is Ballina New South Wales or Queensland? It is New South Wales. New South Wales. Yeah. 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 So that's where I grew up. It's where my family lives, and yeah, you know, all of our families were going to get together, and you know, her parents and my parents are gonna potentially get together for the first time. But there are so many complications with that where right now we simply don't know. We sent out an email to the 40 or 50 people that we'd invited saying, hey, we don't know today. And that's Mm. the limbo that we live in for a couple of days. I feel confident that at the very least we will, well, whatever we do, we'll spend it together. And whether we don't go and we have a nice Christmas here with a select and small group of friends, Mm. Or we, you know, we end up having a, a an engagement party and driving nine hours. We'll be okay either way. I don't feel like I am inherently at the moment at risk of getting the virus. Maybe famous right. last words, <laughs> but I also want to take extreme precaution not to spread it. I noticed something really interesting. I was watching the news last night, and there was interviews with uh, some restaurants around Avalon or something, and um. One of the restaurateurs was like, oh, it's such a bummer, basically, because all the reservations are being cancelled. And um, But it was amazing just to, again, to paint the difference between Australia and America. He ended his sort of rant with, I just hope they get this under control quickly so we can get back to normal. Yeah. Whereas often what you hear in the States is, therefore, we must overthrow the government and defy them. <laughs> and not, And I thought how it's amazing how... Obviously, I know there are protesters here too and there's on St Kilda Beach people that went out and, you know, whatever, um, anti-lockdown protesters. But in general, it seems like people sort of carry the the burden, they bear their cross, you know, begrudgingly, mm. but with the understanding that it has to be done. What do you attribute that to? 
I don't know, but there's something about this sort of like the foundational principle of what America is, who it speaks to, the part, the archetypal service it provides mm. to us is is like the cowboy. <laughs> it's John basically, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, basically. Basically, every American in some way is a cowboy. And um, and there is something, uh, I don't know what you, if there's, what sort of parallel you could draw in, in, in Australia. I don't know what the archetypal sort of member of society here is sort of chasing, like what is the Australian dream, but it's not as reckless as the American one. <laughs> it's not to be as cavalier. It's not to to be riding on your horse and, and lassoing the baddies. Well, it's, it's sort of quality of life yeah. in Australia. It's like it's so connected to quality of life. Yep. It's it's going to Bonnie Doon, don't you think? Right, right. The serenity. Yeah. It's the serenity. That's exactly <laughs> it. So in some ways, anything that interferes with the serenity, we're like, well, look, let's get through this, get back out of the drama. We're not looking for drama. We don't want we any want, of this. We want serenity. Whereas in the US, there is this cowboy thing. It's almost like the battle, going into battle, is an archetypal experience in American culture. It's like built on this battle. And so, um, yeah, that's. I think that's exactly it. There's, within battle, there's somewhat of an addiction to drama too or looking for an opportunity to have some conflict in that way. Yeah, so whereas in the US they're sort of saying like, welcome to flavor country, and it is a big country. <laughs> Here, it's sort of like, you can come in, but just be quiet and sit down and it's fine and you know have a meal at the pub and we'll be all we'll all be sweet and we'll get over it yeah and fundamentally i think it's interesting that this is coming up because i think a lot of where i rubbed up against the australian music industry or the sort of culture mm. was in the lack of drama in the Australian music industry, I liked the drama. I wanted it to be more like WWF, <laughs> like the, the good guys and the bad guys yeah. and the provocation. And, and so a lot of that's why I was drawn to America. So there is an irony to coming back for the lack of drama. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of the drama. I did it. Thank you. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. marriage, my Mary J. Blige moment, you know, I'm like, let's wrap it up. Yeah. And it works both <laughs> ways. Like, I think that we do as a society have a propensity to, or as an industry have a propensity to like uh, want what's new and feel a bit like, ah, oh, yeah, the fourth song from this band. You know what I mean? And I don't personally, I don't stand for that. And I'm okay for there not to be any drama for a little while. I'm okay for everyone to release their fourth song and for it to be chill. Perhaps what we're talking about then is... Um a rejecting of two outdated narratives. Definitely. One is the, oh, don't stand out, just hang with your mates, be your regular, you know, like the, the lack mm -hmm. of the lack of poetic ambition in that. Yeah, let's not, you and not I get both, too high and mighty. Yeah, yeah, well, you and I might have both rubbed up against that versus that being outdated, but also being outdated is the egoic Billy Corgan, uh, <laughs> like just like, <laughs> melodrama of the artist yeah. who's, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage, who's like wrapped up in their own suffering to the point of no quality of life in a sense. Yeah. And and perhaps, you know, there's, uh, I suppose for me to have um, an enjoyable and deep experience being back here, there has to be a third option, right? 
Right. There has to be a middle path where, and that's, I think, what growing up is all about, that you reject the external projection of your psychological issues. You tackle them psychologically. Yeah. And you have some real fun in life in, with, yeah. with stability, you know what I yeah. mean? Like without self-destruction. I think it's like responsible songwriting that doesn't lean into self-destruction mm. and or responsible content, full stop, whichever you know industry that you are involved in in creating and proliferating. But we're talking particularly about music. And you're right. I think the tortured artist narrative is a bit played out and we can feel really sad or really empathetic, but we're certainly not in the place that we were at in punk music, for example, 15 years ago when we're writing Taking Back Sunday songs about how you don't love me and now I'm going to off myself. I, and I think that the narrative yeah, has moved yeah. so much past that because people have realized that it might be a bit unethical to do. That, that might be true. I mean, I wonder if it's also, though, a function of our age in that, the, you know, like if you look at like Lil Peep or something like that. Sure, I mean, yeah. that, that music essentially has that message. I really like it, liked him. Um, but, but I think as you mm. get older, you essentially look for more sustainable models of artistry and creativity. So it's not going to appeal to someone in their 40s particularly to have an, a, a, basically a suicidal intent to a piece of artwork Aside yeah, from sure. a slight fetishism or something of that headspace, but I, mm. I look to artists to model ways of existing that I haven't thought of yet, and I've thought of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I would like to not. I'd like to exist in a comfortable plane of existence where I get to be happy and do the things that make me feel creatively fulfilled without wanting to die. And at 29 years old, it's nice to be in that place and I yeah. want to do what I can to preserve it. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I, um, you know, we had this, we were talking last one about this Save the Senate Festival and we put that on today. Yeah, and let's was, talk about how that went. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It was like all these incredible artists and me and my friend Johanna sort of organized it all. And um, But it was beautiful to work with this group of musicians and their teams because their management mm -hmm. and everything who were um, who really are politically responsible and want to do their part um, to protect democracy. And, and it's interesting, you know, I just, um, I got this uh, T-shirt that Killer Mike made, you know, who's one of my heroes. I love Killer Mike. Yeah, and I, I um, this T-shirt says, um, plot, plan, strategize, organize, mobilize. But I was thinking about how, the effort of putting on this festival and how it wasn't, mm. it wasn't easy. It was quite logistically sort of complicated how that felt like an appropriate place to put my struggle because it's the struggle for democracy. Yeah. I'd rather struggle for democracy than for my own personal sanity. I hear you. Um, and I think part of becoming a responsible citizen is figuring out where to put your fight. And right. you know what I mean? Like, like I when you're young, you're burning down bridges all around you. You're fighting everybody. And you everybody. also fight anything. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And as you, you, you begin to pick your enemies a little bit as you get older and you go, you know what? Mitch McConnell, that guy's the enemy. Not my, that guy not, sucks. My, not, my yeah. not my year 10 school teacher. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? <laughs> but at the same, <laughs> yeah, look, I want to talk a little bit reflectively about the, the two weeks that we have spent yes. doing this podcast. 
I want to ask you this. It feel this is gonna feel um this is gonna feel a bit like writing in your journal. What have you learned, Ben, about yourself in the last couple of weeks? Um huh, that's an interesting question. Um I guess I'm part of what I because we've covered such a broad scope of conversation. Mm. I've kind of learned to, at a deeper level, trust that, uh, you know, as an artist, you're like relying on your instinctive insight a lot. And I think this was a bit of a deepening of that because some of the subjects are ones that I've talked a lot about. Others were happening in the moment and we were reflecting on things as they were happening or, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that the vulnerability of that is something that can be quite uncomfortable because you don't have any canned answers. You know what I mean? You've got nothing that you've put in the bank and you've thought about like, oh, if you ask this, I'm going to say this. It's not like, so tell me about why you wrote, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like questions that you might have answered a lot of times. Um, Mm. So that was one. Um, The other thing is, I think, honestly, what I'm most grateful to you for, for this opportunity, is that, I've long felt that my art, my real art, was the way I live my life. Mm-hmm. And that music is a huge, it's, it's like a big part of that. And it's, a, it's almost like um, it's a central, it's like a central landscape in this, you know, panorama or something. But it's not all of it. And that, I really desire, when I'm at my best, the most generously, I I like sharing my thoughts because I feel that, I feel like there's, like, like when I fall in love with an artist, I, I fall in love with their music, but being an artist, I kind of get the opportunity often to connect with people. Like if I Absolutely. like their work, I, I, I'll often tweet at somebody or Instagram message and be like, hey, just love your work. If you ever want to have a coffee, I'd love to chat. Be- mm-hmm. Because I think what I realize is that the bigger gift is the mind behind something. And that even someone like John Coltrane, whose music was such a gift, when you read what he said about that music and his That's process, sweet spot. dude, you're like, it's gospel. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so the art, art is almost like, art is an invitation into somebody's psyche. But I've long believed that the sharing of the psyche is, it's like that's where your biggest gifts are as a human being. Um, mm. So I just feel grateful to you that you considered my mind worthy of exploring in conversation and my ideas interesting. And um, and it, it's felt kind of, validating in hopefully hopefully with humility of realizing that like you know I by no means think I'm like everything that comes out of my mouth is like God's gift to conversation but as a game you know conversation's mm. a game um that I'm a valued player in the game you can play the game absolutely and I can play the game and it can be enjoyed yes and that I have I I, I can I can play it in a way that adds value well, that's and interesting. That to me, yeah. is really what I want, I guess. To me, I the the two things that I have really taken from this, right? Number one, I have realized about myself that I adore people who are all in 
right? I love people who are like, man, this thing happened and now I'm completely invested in it and here's why it's cool. And fuck fish. Fuck fish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's a huge lesson for me to take away from this. It's, you know, it's made me like realize some things about friendships that I have. Like my friend Xavi is a just an extreme committer to the bit. And I realized like, that's why I like you. You know what I mean? Like you go all in on the thing that you love and that's fucking cool as far as I'm concerned. Then the other thing, exactly the same way, is that I can, right? Like I can ask the question that produces what I would consider to be an interesting answer. And in listening back and in editing this, and you know, it's also been a bit of a lesson for me in mixing and how to how to tweak the knobs in the right way and do all that kind of stuff. Like uh, listening and going, like either oh, good question or oh, good answer. Both of those things have been very nice things for me to experience and feeling a little bit proud that we were able to do this and that, as far as I know, people have enjoyed it. Uh, why would you reach out if you didn't enjoy it? But like you know, everyone who's been in touch has been very positive about it. Um, I'm yet to buy some some Bitcoin, but hey, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe I'll get there. There's a great there's a great joke um, about uh, what, uh, what what is it? How do you phrase it? It's um oh, what is therapy? Mm. It's when two people who need help get it. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely believe that that the <laughs> question and the answer, it's a dance. And they can't exist either on their own. You know, you're exploring something together. A Definitely. good interview, a good interview, a good conversation, a good therapy session. It, it's it's meets a need in both participants. Yeah, hearts and minds. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we um, hopefully both have have breached the line of interviewer and subject many times over the the um, course yes. of the last fourteen days, and that's nice. Yeah, I course. feel like we made yeah. friends. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Cool. And I think I think that the um, I, I don't know. I'm sort of proud that it's a. I I like contained projects. Me too. Um, and I like that it's this thing that, you know, it feels like <laughs> not to be delusional about the impact this podcast has made on the world, but like you know, when Seinfeld or some show like wraps it up, <laughs> yeah. When someone when someone knows when to wrap it up, and I like that with this, it was a built in. Yeah, uh, we were time timeline. But but I, I feel proud that it will exist. It's like whatever it is, 13, 14 episodes we did that exist within a uh, a time capsule Yep. that can be explored later possibly if people are interested and it will make sense. Obviously, we touched on a lot of very topical things, but I like that it's a snapshot of this period because it's been a powerful moment in the world and in our lives, I think, too. I think so, too. And like to have that as a snapshot also of your history contained within the present moment, hopefully is something that we're both going to be able to look back at. And, you know, myself included, I shared plenty on this podcast, like be able to look back and go, oh, that's where I was at that time. And that in and of itself, as you are self-isolated for 14 days and kudos to you for not going crazy, Ben. uh, I I think that's cool. And I'm very happy about it. We did it. Cool, man. We so did we'll have it. So we'll have to have a beer in person next. Yeah, that'd be lovely. That's the next step. Um, I'll hit you up in the new year. We'll, we'll let this cluster go down. Go yeah, down, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, mate. All right. Okay, Fuck yeah, buddy. You this has been lovely. Bye. Talk to you soon. Yeah, mate. Bye. You too. Thanks. Bye. Ben Lee in quarantine has been a collaboration between me, Max Quinn, and Ben Lee. You can find Ben on the internet at Ben Lee Music. 
You'll find me at Max Quinn. We got no more episodes for you, but uh, hey, we'd love to hear from you still. All right, that's it. Got nothing else for you. Grab your stuff, head back to camp. Always wanted to say that.